Hey, this is Robert Gowan. You're listening to the Mentors for Military podcast and this special episode that we call In the Strategy Room. Joining me on the line is Scott Kinder from Australia. What's going on, Scott? Hey, Robert. How are you? Good, man. Yeah, Rudy is running a little late. Hopefully, we'll be able to bring him in shortly into uh, the room. So, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, as soon as he comes online, we'll be able to bring him into it. Our topic of tonight, though, is networking. So I, I want to kind of set it up a little bit because we've talked about um, the importance of creating uh, your your personal brand uh, as well as your pur- purpose and passion. Um, so when we when we first started off, we said, all right, you know, let, let's talk to uh, Judy about uh, the importance of finding out what it is that you want to do. Let's then try to create that into a personal brand. The last show that we had in the strategy room, we talked about communication barriers, and we hit on the importance of communicating as a military individual going out into the private sector, as well as how the private sector will likely view you, and how you need to overcome those types of uh, barriers. So um, the next stage, really, in tonight's show is around networking. Uh, And in networking, it's kind of taking that personal brand, it's taking that Uh, purpose and passion uh, that you created, communicating that out to your internal network or developing a network uh, with those skill sets so that you can go ahead and increase that and and really get what you need from that uh, that network and building it. Um, For me, you know, and Scott, you and I kind of talked about this prior to the show, but for me, uh, many years ago, I took a Myers-Briggs test. And for those of you that may not be familiar with that, it's really around the theory of psychological types and people. And um, a lot of managers end up using it because they're able to understand the different um, subordinates or employees or associates that they have and how they may interact together because you have extroverts, you have introverts, you know, you have so many different profile types. As a matter of fact, I think the Myers-Briggs test comes out with 16 different personalities at the conclusion of it. Typically, you come away with a four-digit or a four-letter acronym um, that uh, you utilize from that point forward. I said all that, brought all that up because the first lit, uh, letter of that typically is you're either an extrovert or, or an introvert. And in my case, I am so far to the right of an extrovert, um, I rarely meet a stranger. So I'm somebody that, you know, will be the first one in the room that will walk up to somebody and start talking, uh, will engage, you know, rather actively and everything. And, uh, you know, then if I bump into an introvert, especially somebody who's really strong to the other side in terms of being an introvert, um, then they typically take time to process what I'm saying, um, you know, take it in, figure out the best way to respond to the question or to the, you know, the topic and everything, and then bring it back out. For me, that is the longest pregnant pause I could ever have. And it's like, you know, I'm dying here. I really want to get the conversation going, and I'll probably end up start talking over you and changing the topic and going on the topic too, because I'm waiting for you to kind of, you know, say something and uh, catch up. And I think, you know, you were talking about how um, you're an introvert, right? Uh, I am. Talking to people for me is uh, incredibly painful for the most part, but sometimes I just have to put on what I what I call my work face and then just go to work. Otherwise, you know, the bills will get paid. I, I love that. Work face. All right. Uh, that's certainly a way to look at it. In networking, you know, there's so many different aspects, too. And we want to touch on so many of them because, you know, I think a lot of people, of course, think networking primarily around employment. But there's networking 
and um, you know, just building the relationships that you may end up using in, in the future, or they may end up coming uh, to you as well. So it's that shared kind of relationship that you uh, work together in unison or um, you know, you have common goals or values or whatever the case may be. It may be in settings where you're, you're thrown into work and parties or environments or social settings that you need to be able to communicate and uh, network within the room itself and maneuver yourself around. Um, so, so many different aspects of networking. Um, and I think that's some of the stuff we really want to talk about. Not only that, but I think it's effective networking. How to do it in such a way that they, the person on the other end, doesn't all of a sudden start feeling the hair on their neck, start raising, and you know, become very defensive in thinking that all you're wanting to do is get something out of them. So that that's a key, uh, important element as well. No, I, I I couldn't agree more with you, Robert. I mean, we've talked in every episode thus far that I've been a part of, either you know, contributing as a co-host or or peripherally running the chat room or just listening, and networking comes up, and and I think you nailed it. Um, Amy's saying in the chat room that you know it's, it's a mindset, not a situation, and she couldn't be more more spot on because. But, but the word that you used that, that I like the most, and, and it's typically surprising coming from a, an SF guy, right? Is is the word relationship because we we can't continue to act like we're not attempting to build, hone, and maintain relationships, especially when looking for you know alternative means of employment or modes of employment and and, and bringing income back to the family. You have to be able to make and maintain relationships. Well, you know, when you say maintain, so that's that's important as well because networking is not just about a one and done. I mean, this is really about, you know, taking the network, making sure that you follow up, make sure you do that periodically. Um, it's more than just, hey, I met you. Let's tag each other on LinkedIn. Let's, you know, connect that way. And hey, my whole idea is here. I'm trying to build, you know, 400, 500 followers or, you know, it, it's not like a Twitter thing. I mean, you're really trying to build contacts and networks, um, you know, that, that can help you. Um, again, that kind of share some of the same thing. Maybe what we could talk about initially is some of the you know, what are some of the potential networking contacts? Who are some of the people perhaps that you may um, begin to think as you're building a network? Uh, certainly, if you're working for a company um, or you're presently in the military, it's those around you. It's those people you worked for. It's the purpose you people you work with. It's the people that you engage with that maybe even are from the private sector or DOD contracted employees, you know, civilian employees and such that work within the office space. If you, you run into them, it's everybody around you, friends, you know, uh, if you go to church or, you know, any type of religious, um, you know, facilities and stuff, it's the people that are there. It's your, you know, your accountant, your, you know, coach that teaches your little league, uh, you know, your kid in little league baseball football or whatever there's so many different aspects right in, in terms of trying to build that contact list well there there is and and that's what saddens me the most that and, and you know we, we hear and i don't want to i'm not in any way talking down mark mcgowan or or you know the, the the joe healy interview with everybody else right but even even sf guys type a guys like me who are objective driven and who know how to plan and how to target and how to do this even guys like us is second nature in targeting. We don't identify a proper target and then put the same type of 
authenticity and planning in place when trying to develop a personal network because we think that there's this divergence of personal and professional. You know, I can't take the things I learned in special operations or in the military and apply those to a networking scenario when you couldn't be more wrong. You know, and and I, everybody on Twitter was laughing earlier because I was trying to get John Acuff, the the New York Times bestselling author, on the show, and he says it really well in his book Two Over. He says, you know. You know, I'm quoting him so he doesn't think I'm stealing his stuff, right? But he says, you don't know who you know. And I think that in the networking scenario, that's one of the truest sentiments that, that I've ever heard, right? You don't know who you know with regards to what they can actually bring and add value to your network. Because if you, if you think of networking as the activity that increases the value of your network and the value that you contribute to it, everybody can add a piece to that, whether it's a, it's a friend, foe, or advocate, again, from John Acuff's book, right? But we can, we can have empowered, passionate ambassadors of our personal brands out there building our relationships for us simply because we ask them to and we ask them nicely. But far too often, we just refuse. You know, it's um, that that phrase has to have been coined by somebody. I don't know if it was John, but I actually, in my Six Sigma community, used to hear, "We don't know what we don't know." Um, so it's kind of the same thing. I mean, you you've got to really go out there and attack this thing. Um, and you know, if you're not somebody that's willing to, in some cases, put the your foot forward um, and understand the objective of what this is going to be, like you're mentioning, and adding value. Uh, you're not going to be successful. Uh, you've really got to go out there and attack this thing. So, you know, again, we're talking about um, every type of social setting, everyone that you come and talk with, uh, contact with, you know, uh, fellow alumni from colleges, universities, high schools, uh, professional service providers, um, you know, uh, we already talked about colleagues and coworkers that you have in mind. But you've got to be able to um, to build that network uh, and be able to communicate with them in a way that they understand you so that in the event as you move forward, you want to tap into your network and say, hey, listen, just want you to know I'm looking for X or I'm looking to do X. These people are your biggest advocates. They're going to be your supporters. They know you. They understand what you need. And, and they'll likely be the ones that will be out there, your biggest cheerleaders on the sideline. No, I, I absolutely agree. And, and I think far too often, especially in the military communities, I, I think that we're our own worst enemies, especially as far as we incorporate these barriers between ourselves as, as military, right? Um, Purple Heart recipients or Valorous Award winners or whatever you want to put the coin you know, on your name. But when we talk to civilians, we tend to lead with that and lead with who I am. And, and, and that's a failure right off the bat because you're not identifying the right target. It's yeah. not mission driven, as Amy just said in, in the chat room. And most importantly, you're not telling that prospective employer what problem of theirs you're actually solving. You're, you're just coming to them as if they owe you to hire you because you put a uniform on one day. And, and that couldn't be further from the truth. Well, anybody can lead to your next opportunity or anybody that can help you. And, you know, and, and probably many people have heard this that's listening um, that, you know, I can't help you unless you tell me. So if you're in an, if you have a network that's built and you have a situation where you're looking for your next employment opportunity, um, you're looking for assistance, then this is your, your, like I said, your biggest advocates and your biggest supporters out there, as soon as you then let them know 
what it is that you're wanting to do, they'll help rally behind that because they know that you're going to reciprocate. You're going to go out there and do the exact same thing for them. Scott, if you pick up the phone and you call me and say, hey, look, you know, Robert, I want to shoot you a copy of my, you know, resume and everything. If you happen to hear of anything, I'm not asking for you to hire me. I'm not, you know, I won't even state that. But what I'm going to going to say say instead is, um, if there's something out there that you see that you feel might fit me and what it is that I want to do that we've talked about and everything, you know, please give me a call. That you know, Scott, you're going to do the exact same thing when the time comes later on where you go, hey, you know, God, I've been, you know, with this company for four or five years now and uh, I'm really looking for a change, you know, Robert. And, you know, I'd be like, Scott, you know what? I, I actually heard something right down the uh, the way here. As a matter of fact, it fits right within your wheelhouse of what it is that you do. If you don't ask, you don't have that conversation, you don't reach out, you can't you can't utilize that network. We, we say the same thing right all the time in, in any operational environment, especially in a combat environment. We know that if you don't write it down, it never happened. You can't impact that area of operations, that AO, if you're not sending the right reports up, if you're not doing the right thing. So we understand this, again, holistically in our heart of hearts, but we don't apply that same methodology to building our own personal networks. There's this, there's this fear resident in all of us that says, I can't possibly ask Robert for that because, you know, Robert, you, you and I are a perfect example here. I've never met you face-to-face except for over Skype or, or doing these things. I was going to say, I, you know, I can met, see you, yeah. Yeah, we, we met on LinkedIn. We, we met, we talked on Twitter. We got to know each other. We called each other. We, we started building it up, and, you know, it was – do you mind to come on the show and help me build this this podcast? And I said, of course not. Do you mind to help me spread my personal brand? Well, of course not. So so sometimes you just got to get the awkwardness out of the equation and go, people really don't mind to help you if you're just honest enough to say, hey, listen, this is what I'm trying to do. Do you want to either be a sounding board? Do you want to be an advocate? Do you want to be a friend? Are, are you not a champion? Are you an ambassador? Whatever that is. But until you hear the words come out of your mouth, it's never going to go anywhere. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, that's the big thing is that you'd never know what you're going to get out of the relationship unless you take that first step and actually build a relationship. So, you know, I think earlier you had a question that came up prior to the podcast about, well, okay, what if I'm in a new community? I'm just getting started out. You know, maybe it's that the military moved me to, you know, installation X, and this is where I'm trying to get established within this area so that when I do separate, I can do it. Or maybe you've already separated, you're in a job and everything, but you're still wanting to build a network that is local, people who understand and know you. So, you know, why don't you share some ideas of what you think it might be? Uh, because I know this is something that you guys do within the kinder group. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, and as Susan asked on Twitter, separating from the military or retiring from the military, moving to a new city, not knowing anybody, how do you potentially build up a new network? And, and momentarily, we'll get into kind of the social media, right? The, the LinkedIn, the Google Pluses, and the community-based stuff like that. But, you know, this is something that I, I know – firsthand and is near and dear to my heart because moving from you know the the east coast of the united states to sydney australia and trying to start up a company in a new country with you know no relationships at all not knowing anybody i, I literally 
just threw spaghetti on the wall and tried to see what would stick as far as networking. I went to the, the drinks and cocktail events and had just people inundate me with nothing but hundreds of business cards all night. I went and joined uh, Business Networks International, the BNI network, and went to a, a trusted network of close friends and associates that you paid $1,000 to join and, and you'd be your own best advocates and all this other stuff. And, and it was, I, I learned a thousand lessons and 995 of those lessons were negative. Um, and it was, it's funny. I had the same experience. Yeah. It's wow. Okay, good. They are. I mean, because I thought that I could come to Sydney and say, well, this is what the kinder group does. And this is where I've had successes in the past. And it would be slower, smaller, you know, barriers entry than, than previous or, Hey, I'm the new shiny thing. I'm solving all these problems for you. And, and I was attacking it, you know, the way the John Acuffs and Mike Weinberg's Dave Ramsey's, all these leadership gurus tell you, identify what problem you're solving. And I'm preaching it to everybody and they're going, I, I just don't get it. You know, I, I don't understand what is going on. I don't understand what you're asking because part of me was expectant that if I just told them who I was and what my background was and what problems are theirs I could solve, that they would have the requisite knowledge to identify those things that I could do and more importantly want to pay me for it. And it was horrifically painful to, to learn lessons uh, along the way. Yeah, that's it, what I found is that um, in a lot of those events, and, I, and again, I, I don't think that they're necessarily bad because you could end up getting a network element out of it, whether it's one business card, one contact or something that does, you know, generate something out of it. But in many of those cases, I also ran into situations where um, I end up getting a bunch of business cards of people who are just like me and we're all hungry looking for the same thing. You can unify yourself and join forces and end up moving that forward by, you know, working together if you can build a relationship fast enough that you can take it from that. And, you know, you know, if it were someone like the two of us, we probably would have headed off in there. If nothing else, talking about, oh, my gosh, wow, look at the, you know, look at the room, you know. And next thing you know, we've got a relationship going, a conversation that we may end up changing the phone numbers, changing the business cards, striking up a conversation afterwards, building a relationship you know, over the phone, over whatever, much like what you and I have. Um, and, um, and and next thing you know, you you know, you may have a, a network that is now built up that becomes bigger than what you expected because Scott's going to refer friends uh, to Robert uh, that might be useful to Robert. Robert's going to refer his friends to Scott. Now, all of a sudden, both of our networks have kind of fused together and what was X number has now become Y number. It becomes much larger and much bigger than what we were thinking. And I just put in the chat room, one of the things that, that I realized, I had a, a very hard look at myself and, and kind of my epiphany was that I was violating the very SF truth, the special forces truth that I endorse in, in everything that the kinder group does, right? And, and I was trying to build these. I would come back with 58 business cards and go, success, I have 58 people. And I would send the emails and I would do the follow-ups and I would do everything. But I wasn't maintaining that standard and I was violating the truth in that, you know, one, humans are more important than hardware. And two, simplistically, quality is better than quantity. So I quit looking for numbers of networks that I could do. And again, took the spaghetti back off the wall, molded it back and threw a smaller pile of spaghetti in the wall and said, I'm going to put a standard of expectation here. And if I have two coffee meetings and follow up with somebody that I met at a networking event and they are purely out for something that I can't do that, then I'm going to be absolutely upfront with them and tell them 
I cannot help you. You seemingly cannot help me. We're going to part as friends. I never burn a bridge or advocate burning bridges at all. But there's a standard of my expectations here. And then I would just trim the fat on the expectations and get rid of what wasn't necessary. And what I found was by properly identifying my objective and what I was looking for in my networking group, I found the five to six to 10 to 20 people over time that I knew that I could rely on and trust that I could then tap into their networks and spread the word for me. And I had infinitely more successes when I started maintaining that very standards that, that I knew to look for the whole time. So you, you came out of your shell, you were able to get, you know, uh, away from being introverted and, you know, not necessarily shy, but at least not somebody that would, you know, approach the situation head on. Uh, you, you got, you kind of got over your fears. You, you didn't feel like you were asking for favors that you felt like somebody would think you were trying to sell something. I mean, you, you actually then started approaching it a different way. And mind you, if you're already working within an organization and you're looking at trying to move up within that uh, organization, or you're looking at trying to, um, establish, you know, security and, um, you know, friends and all those types of things. So those are all networking as well. Uh, because again, once you build the network internally within an organization, it's much like what you just described in, in outside. I mean, once you build it inside as well, it, it can work for you in the very same way. I, again, couldn't agree with you more because your boss may not know that you're looking to, to move because you're miserable in that department or in your role in the organization you're, because you're, you're a, a military professional and you're doing your job and you're doing it and you're exceeding standards, but you're dying a little bit on the inside each day, right? So only after you voice that misery to somebody and say, hey, look, I'm not quitting. I'm not dropping my notice. I'm not in any way trying to, to just whine for whining's sake. But if there is an opening over here, I would like to explore that. And I would like to transition my replacement and do this and look for other opportunities. That's when the light bulb in people's heads go off and go, oh, I thought you were incredibly happy where you were. And you go, ah, well, not as happy, I think, as I would be going over there. Well, they're not mind readers. And so until you communicate and over-communicate and over-communicate again, until you think that you're banging your head against a wall trying to tell people – that's when people start listening because you know we all know everybody's time poor. Everybody's got shiny objects in the room. Everybody's looking at ten thousand things a day. Information flows at us at a cyclic rate. It's it's insane through smartphones and social media and everywhere. The sheer amount of multitasking that we do, and yet we expect that we're going to drop one nuance of one sentence in one conversation five minutes before a lunch you know, lunch line, and that person is going to remember that tidbit of information a year from then? Well, I told you last Thursday, the 25th of April, 2015, that I was miserable. You got to repeat the message. You, you got to learn to communicate and learn to gauge the effectiveness of that communication. So when you talk about networking, it's really important that you actually approach a situation uh, of, of the network itself, you know, the meeting, um, so that you have a goal or objective, but you also aren't wasting the other person's time. And they don't feel like you came there because you actually wanted something out of it. Uh, but I, I, it's not necessarily bad if you do, because if you come to the, the um, meeting or, you know, you call me up and say, Robert, I want to meet for, uh, for coffee and such, you know, would you you know, mind you, you have time on Tuesday or Wednesday. I, we pick a date and everything. We come there. You don't want it to be an hour and a half, a two-hour coffee, um, you know, discussion. I mean, you really want to try to figure out what it is that you're wanting to display, communicate, 
present and that's your personal brand, the things that you're looking for, clear objectives, how you how I think Scott can help me um, in getting to where I need to be, express that. And at the end of it, also talk about what maybe I can do for Scott. Um, you know, exactly. Far too many people, especially again, going back to the Sydney scenario, right? I'm going to these events, I'm doing this stuff. I'm, I'm, we're hosting these BNI breakfasts and everybody's coming to there and I'm getting 50 more business cards and everybody ticks the box that says, I want to catch up with Scott Kinder after this. So I send them the email and my expectations are, okay, so you heard what value my company could bring in helping your company. And then I go for coffee, buy them a $10 coffee and it's an hour and a half of, so wow, you were in Iraq. Wow, what was Afghanistan like, or what was this? And and they just and I'm going, I don't have time for this. I I, I don't. I, I'm wasting time and I'm wasting money. And sadly, not to be Mr. Entrepreneur, but my time is money, right? Yeah. So after a thousand of those, I went time out. I'm doing something wrong because I'm not cl- clarifying my objectives to these people. So I would write them back on the request for coffees and go, Yeah, of course I'll have coffee with you. What would you like to talk about? Because if this is a social thing, I typically, you know, don't gauge more than half an hour, you know, on lunchtime for social time because I have a job. My job is to sell my company to people. Yeah. I mean, you've got to go in there with the idea that you're um, you're not being too, you know, in their face, too upfront, everything else. But you've also got to understand your network, each individual met, uh, member, what they bring to the table, what they could potentially offer you. To your point, how valuable their time might be so that you're not wasting that time. Um, and, and when you put all that together and you create a plan of how you're going to approach that, that's when you do approach it. You do it quickly. You do it in a way where it's not, you know, in your face and everything. And, and, uh, you leave a great impression upon the other person that they really feel energized. I need to go out and help Scott. I need to go try to help him find his next job or, you know, try to find a way to, to attain his goal that he's wanting to obtain and everything. What, what can I do? And on my ride home, I might be thinking of that if it's presented properly. And it's almost like, you know, if you have somebody that you invite over to your house uh, and they overstay their welcome. So, I mean, you can definitely overstay your welcome when it comes to building these types of relationships and keeping them. And, and so you, with all this, what I'm saying, right, communicate and communicate and communicate, there's also a very real, you know, kind of paradigm that you have to be careful for what you wish for because you're going to get some people that are so passionate and so want to help you out and, but have totally misunderstood your situation that they're going to think that any job, whether it's a barista at Starbucks or a door greeter at Walmart or anything, is what you're looking for and they're going to introduce you to the wrong people. So, so if you don't learn to triage your relationships that you're making in these networking events through the incorporation of the proper body language channels, understanding Myers-Briggs and discommunication communication styles and, and understanding that people are rarely going to tell you the God's honest truth and say, I'd love to help you out. I got a lot of respect for you because you're a veteran, except I don't have the time to help you out. So I'm going to smile. I'm going to nod. I'm going to make you think that I'm really going to help you out. And I'm really not. So if you don't walk in there with the right ability to gauge those potential relationships, triage your room and understand personality types and what people are saying to you with the right expectations, you're doing yourself a disservice the whole time. So how do you then develop those uh, networks, you know, outside of, 
you know, just going up and meeting them at these events or thinking about all of your social networks. But if you're really wanting to build it beyond that, there are tools that are out there available. We've spoke very highly and, and a lot in our different programs about LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn is a great application, as I've mentioned before, that goes well beyond just setting up a profile. This isn't Facebook, you know, this isn't, this is, and you shouldn't treat it as Facebook, mind you, it's a professional or, you know, a tool uh, where you shouldn't be posting stuff out there, you know, memes and everything else that look a lot like Facebook. If it looks, smells, and tastes like it, then don't put it on there, you know. Um, it, It should be more about creating your profile, your personal brand on there, making sure your personal brand keeps maintained as you go forward by not putting crazy things that are on there like as if you think you're on Facebook. But also, there are, you know, if you go up into the search engine of um, LinkedIn as an example, and I want to go work for company X, um, if I type in that company's name, it will not only start popping up perhaps people with my in my own network, but maybe others that came up as that part of that search engine for that work for that company, uh, but it'll also come up with a company name. The best thing you can do is hit that company name, and as soon as you do that, usually over on the right-hand side, you're going to start showing everybody within your network And how many degrees of separation, and we talked about this, I think, with Mark, how many degrees of separation you are between them. That then starts allowing you to understand, okay, if I want to get to Scott, then Rudy is in between the two of us. Um, And and Scott is within this company. If I want to refine that search then even further to be able to find recruiters within that company that uh, might be able to help me, I can do that same type of thing and start using the search engine to narrow down by putting additional criteria to narrow that down inside that company to find potential hiring managers because I put in keyword searches that go along with the types of jobs or industry or things that I'm looking for and, and it starts narrowing it down even more and more and more. Next thing I know, I've got maybe two, maybe three, maybe more if you're lucky, individuals that I can now network with and a starting point and I know who it is between me and them to help me get within that organization. A lot of people don't you know, really harness the tool of LinkedIn and there are so many other things you can do with that, mind you, but that's just one element of it in terms of using a tool to network. Well, and you know, using the tool properly, you know, you wouldn't use a hammer to try and screw in a screw in the wall, right? You would use a screwdriver. So you should use LinkedIn as LinkedIn and you should use Facebook as Facebook, but you should realize that when you talk to any potential employer, so in an ideal scenario, you go to a networking event or a BNI breakfast or whatever and you meet the person, the hiring manager, and you give them your card and you have a great conversation and that conversation goes for 30 minutes and everything is looking great. They email you and follow up, you email them and follow up, but then they go to your Facebook page and it's nothing but no joke there I was and the damn live valley stories in you know, your tap out t-shirts and everything else and you're applying for an executive VP of operations job because you know that you're an absolute subject matter expert in operations. Nothing about your online persona backs up that job that you're trying for. So when you when you have these profiles, before you ever make contact with any of these hiring managers or whatever, make sure that you're communicating your intent correctly and appropriately so that 
who they think they need is who you're presenting to them. So do your homework. Find out all that targeting, target acquisition pieces of LinkedIn, of Facebook. Find out everything that you can about them prior to just ripping off an email with a generic cover letter that says, Dear sir and ma'am, I'm an operations SMEAN. I've got three Purple Hearts and nine combat deployments. You're doing yourself an absolute disservice. Absolutely. I mean, again, that's not going to help you. Um, the word of mouth, the people that know you and the things that we were talking about earlier and how you built that network are the people that's going to be able to help you get to that other individual. But you've got to help yourself to your point in building that personal brain in such a way that the other area or a company or whatever that may be is wanting to buy you, buy Scott you know, into their organization and they can actually see from the profile how you'll add value within that organization. Um, so that's a key piece of it. Now, of course, LinkedIn, a lot of uh, recruiters, uh, not only as headhunter recruiters and everything, but within organization, talent manager, uh, you know, they call them different things, talent uh, associate, talent manager, you know, all these uh, different names and stuff, you know, human resources, recruiter, recruiter, um, you're going to find those titles and you can even search on those titles if you want to within a company and, and find who it is that might be the individuals that are doing some of the keyword searches. But when you're building that profile, some of the stuff that you can actually do in building that um, to start your networking piece of that is to go out there and, and evaluate using um, there's there's a website. I think it's called OneNet. Um, if you go out to OneNet, you can put in keyword searches and stuff and it starts building out you know, the jobs and uh, the keywords that would be associated with those jobs that you're thinking of, or you can put in the job names and it'll show you some keyword elements and stuff that you could place within your profile. Because when the recruiter comes to look at you, they're going to want to hit those keywords that are within there so that you can be found as well. But there are other tools, and we mentioned Facebook. A lot of people don't realize there are a lot of jobs out there, even on Facebook, that organizations are beginning to use very much like LinkedIn and placing their employment opportunities out there. So, you know, I sent out an article, I think it was earlier in this week, about it's important that if a recruiter is looking for you and wants to evaluate you and thinking about you, especially if they have their resume in front of you, it's important that they actually find you on Google because they're trying to evaluate your background, how you actually act around, you know, in other situations, how you uh, interface with people in, in, a, in a business setting, if they can get that information, maybe off of LinkedIn uh, or off your Twitter page or, you know, whatever the case may be. And of course, you know, you got to be very, very sure that your Facebook page, if you're going to keep it open and public in that manner, is presenting itself in a way, again, that's keeping that personal brand. And again, this speaks very true to my heart because when I, so I started the kinder group, I, I left federal government service, I moved to Sydney, I'm, I'm doing a lot of networking stuff, I'm starting to meet, you know, local Australians and Sydneyites on, on LinkedIn and elsewhere and they're looking me up and my, my picture on LinkedIn at the time was my company logo and I finally had this one social media manager who I've never met before, um, Carolyn Hyams, she's amazing all over LinkedIn and everything else, she said, Scott, um, I'm not going to connect with you until you put a photo on LinkedIn because I think you have a very impressive profile, but you're a person, you're not a company. And so even I was 13 years, you know, in the community and, and trying never show my face and be in the background. You just got to kind of swallow sometimes and go. Like I said, I'm an introvert. I want to do nothing more than sit on my porch, maybe have a beer or a glass of scotch or, you know, on a good day, a cigar, read a book, hang out with the family. 
that doesn't pay the bills. So if I want to get out there and sell the brand of Scott Kinder or the Kinder Group, my photo has to be out there. I have to be on social media. I have to say I'm not violating operational security and it's not classified that I was ever in the teams. But you have to get over your own prejudices and fears, get over yourself and just get it out there. Because trust me, I made every mistake that you can possibly make while trying to build this thing and go and grow. So I, I speak from, from experience. Uh, and I think a lot of people are starting to see the power of um, other aspects like uh, Instagram, as a matter of fact, is another way. Twitter, um, you know, a lot of uh, the social networks that you can create because you begin to find people who share your common values, share your passion and those types of things that you're able to tap in and build a, a greater network that can actually play over into LinkedIn. It's like, hey, listen, uh, it looks like we share a lot of the same things together um, you know, I, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, our conversation or whatever. If you can direct message him, that's great. And then what you do is go, okay, let's take this. I'd like to, you know, connect with you on LinkedIn or you have a LinkedIn profile over there. Um, next thing you know, you've got another person in your network. You're into, able to build that relationship going forward. Uh, again, that is a, a network that they may not know you per se because they've never met you in that way, but you can certainly build on that through additional phone calls, through other avenues that are available um, to, to, to not just put a name on LinkedIn. So again, you're, you're building up your connection number. No, absolutely. Um, in fact, when, when Joe Healy came on the show last week and, and he said right off the bat, you know, um, it would have been easy for me to get out of SF and to go back to Afghanistan and, and to do the defense contracting thing because that's that's I'm uncomfortably comfortable in combat environments and operational environments such as that. That struck a, such a chord in my heart because I was the same way, and so I almost had to make a mental note to say, "Don't chase military contracts, Scott. Don't chase police contracts because that's semi-military. Get out of your comfort zone. Grow yourself. Grow what you can do." and properly manage your expectations about timelines, et cetera, and just do it the right way and learn along the way. So, so once you understand that you know, learning doesn't stop because you retire or learning doesn't stop because you left a job or you reached a position within that job, that you're continuously learning, you're continuously growing, and you're continuously applying these principles that you, you should have in your heart as any military, whatever color uniform, whatever rank you wore in that uniform, that you should know in, in, internally apply those lessons but never be afraid to learn and grow beyond your background so in building that network we talked about all those other types of settings and how you can find it but there are people that are going to have a shared commonality with you that's going to be local in many cases and that's those uh, organizations that um, are military based do have combat veterans um, do understand the challenges that you may be going through in transition. Um, there may be message boards uh, that are uh, by various different names or, um, you know, networking um, social settings that are very similar to a LinkedIn uh, that you can join uh, that honestly understand the challenges that you may have from military, and that automatically builds that common bond. It doesn't necessarily mean you know, that you have to go into those military DOD type of jobs and everything when you roll out. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but if that's not what you're wanting to do, realize that, that those settings don't necessarily mean that that's what's going to happen. Again, it's building that network. It could be that you know, I hear what you're saying, Scott, and you know what? I don't have anything, but I know Bob, and Bob does have something or probably would know who may be able to help you, you know, and and I know him, so I'll just reach out to him, 
and let's see what we can get going. Bob ends up calling Peter, who calls John. Next thing you know, it's really John is the guy that's going to hire you, but it's four degrees away from us or from you, and, and that's what made it work. Uh, but you would have never had it, again, had you not made that connection and done the network. And the companies are learning from their mistakes as well, right? So they know that hiring you know, and, and giving employees, current employees, bonuses to recommend somebody to come and work in the company is magic because there's a, a reputation on the line. If, if I work for company X and I'm going to recommend you, Robert, to come and work for the company as well, I, I want to make sure that you know, my personality and my reputation is on the line as well. So there's a commonality of mission there when, when I bring you into the company. It's once a week. My wife works for a global pharmaceutical company, and it's once a week that they're hiring hiring and offering some massive type bonus if they can pull in a family friend or somebody else to, to do it. So use the tools at your disposal. And again, not to be a one-trick pony, but if you don't communicate that desire out loud, you might I might be a company X, and if I don't know that you're looking for a new job or looking to leave your job, or I had the misconception that you're perfectly happy at your current job, I might go, yeah, Robert would be great for this, but he's happy as, as he can be over there at company Y. He would never want to leave. And in turn, it's a potential missed opportunity for the both of us. If you think about it in 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 a way much like sales and account management within an organization, because I mean, you, you brought up how an organization may look at it in trying to keep their client base, their network stable. Um, it's very much the same way as well. Account managers have uh, the requirements to not only build the network and to, uh, well, the sales team to go out and sell uh, the product and services and stuff to be able to bring them in-house to have that network. Once that network's there, you have account managers who have the responsibility to to maintain that touch and that touch point, to stay in contact with them, to listen to you know their challenges and problems and everything when they bring them forward, to be able to manage that and help them and, and build and keep that relationship going through whatever products and services that they sold. It's not unlike what we're talking about with yourself, again, because you built your, pro your, your personal brand that you're trying to sell going forward. You created your network. Now you got to make sure that you're keeping the network very much aware of where you are, what you're doing, how things are progressing, um, so that when the time comes, it's not like it's been three years since you reached out and touched them and you go, hey, Scott, I uh, hope you remember me from three years ago. Uh, you know, I was wondering if you could help me out. Not that that necessarily is bad, but it just doesn't work quite as effective as it would if we stayed in contact with one another on a regular basis. And regular might be quarterly. It might be more frequently. And you're doing them a disservice if you're not because, for example, you take a job somewhere else and you don't inform the people without actively looking for, for jobs for you out there. I'm a company X and you take a job at company Z again. If I'm out there telling my boss, oh, God, I can't wait to tell Robert because you have communicated previous to me how, previously how dissatisfied you were at your current job, but you take a new one and don't tell me that, I'm telling my boss and putting my reputation on the line going, oh, I got a perfect guy. His name is Robert. He's retired Army. He's amazing. He's, he's all that you're looking for. I'm going to talk to him tonight. And then I finally call you and you go, oh, man, I, I've been to this other company for six weeks. I wish I would have known that six weeks ago. You're doing me a massive disservice and you're ruining relationships. And again, that was one of the first words that you brought up that, that I seconded, right? That, that relationship word. It's all maintaining and, and, and keeping these relationships fresh. Just like, you know, you got you to gotta water that, that plant. You got to water those fruits and flowers so they grow. All the time. And um, there, I mean, there may be occasions where you also want to reach out to pieces of your element. Now, I'm not a big... Um, 
I, I don't like necessarily when I get one of these emails that looks like it was shotgun blast. Um, nor do I like it when, and most people don't, when they get emails and they reply to all. People start replying to all. Next thing you know, you got 50 emails, depending upon how many people were in the, and, and you're sucked into a chat room type of thing. Well, you don't want the same thing to occur when you're reaching out to your network. You want it to be personal. You want to make sure that they understand that you're thinking of them and that you wanted to just inform them and update them. Maybe you received some kind of new award. Maybe you uh, went out there and you got a promotion or something recently. And, uh, you know, it, it's not necessarily to tout yourself, but you just want to bring an awareness to um, specific people, maybe within your network, or maybe you want to do it to a, a segment based on the industry that you're looking at and, and those types of things to make them aware of where you are, because they're not always going to be logging into, you know, contrary to popular belief, everybody doesn't log into LinkedIn every day. Everybody doesn't look at your profile all the time. They don't read everything on the news feed that's going down through the within LinkedIn to see perhaps if you've triggered on your LinkedIn profile that, you know, hey, update my uh, the, the feed and everything whenever I've made a change to title, made a change to cert certification, made a change to college degree, you know, so you've got to make sure that that follow-up, especially, you know, especially when there's a special event or something that may shed a new light. Because if I tell you, Scott, hey, by the way, um, I just wanted you to know that, uh, you know, my company paid for additional certification. I'm now certified in X. Then you may go, oh, okay, well, that changes things then. <laughs> You know, you weren't you weren't enticing to me before, but now you're amazingly qualified. Yeah, or you know what? It's just funny. I just had coffee with John, and John was just mentioning that he was looking for somebody with that certification and um, skill set. And I don't know if you're interested or not, Scott. But you know, um, I just wanted to kind of throw that at you. Next thing you know, there's a conversation going on that may lead to further networking uh, and f uh, further opportunities. No, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to be cliched, and I think you're going to laugh when I say this, but it's called networking, right? It's not net easiness or it, it, there's work involved. You you have to, you can't just throw up on LinkedIn veterans seeking new opportunities and expect me to look at it. And, and I think that I'm probably one of the biggest veteran supporters. I would love to help any veteran any way that I could, right? No matter what color uniform, what rank you had in that uniform. I mean, one team, one fight. There's no kind of elitism here or anything else. But when I see that, again, that person is doing themselves a disservice. And it's it's almost apathy and laziness, if, if you want to be blunt about it. You have to communicate. You have to work for it. And you have to not expect that it's just going to be dropped in your lap because it's not. Yeah, and, and again, I mentioned that there are multiple networking tools that are available and, and everything that's actually social media in some way may potentially lead itself to a networking opportunity um, depending upon the situation. Uh, because if you think of that kind of social media opportunity, very much like meeting individuals face to face, whether it, again, it's within organizations that you belong to, uh, the social settings that you're placed in, uh, in your communities or uh, whatever, it, it's the exact same thing. It's a, it's another avenue and another tool. So if there are more than one, again, ways to do that outside of the ones that we mentioned here, and you know, and it's, you're brainstorming, you're thinking, oh my gosh, I can, I can think of three other different things. There's an alumni association chat room, blah, blah, blah. There's a, you know, a, um, a, a room over here that was created for individuals that belong to this certain industry, you know, by the way, that's another thing when you're in the, uh, uh, you know, when you're within a 
LinkedIn group and you can join groups and such that have commonality with you, you can certainly post things on those groups or respond to other individuals on their groups that automatically strike up additional networking opportunities because you start showing how you're adding value, how you complement uh, the conversation, your expertise and skills you're bringing forward. Yeah, all of a sudden, somebody within the group, again, might know somebody, or it could be that there's a recruiter that's within that group as well that's watching what's going on and ends up picking up the phone and, and contacting you. No, a- amen. I mean, again, I-, I love to talk with you, Robert, because I feel like we complete each other's sentences sometimes, but you're absolutely right. You know, you just got to stay on point, stay on message, and continuously repeat the message and make sure that you're saying to the right audiences what that message is because everything adds up. You know, the connection that you make on Twitter who just occasionally retweets a, a post that you put on something or some Donald Trumpism or whatever could then lead to a connection request on LinkedIn and have the connecting ability to connect you to that company that you've been dying to work for, the Microsoft, Google, Apple, whatever it is that you want. Their wife or friend or whoever might be the VP of hiring that that environment. So you never know when the stars are going to align and you know, I always tell people, don't burn bridges. You know, just make sure that you leave things on a on an honest but true um, course and in, in, in knowledge of where that relationship stands. But you don't have to be vindictive with somebody and say like, oh, I just spent an hour of my time with you and you absolutely wasted it. You know, don't burn bridges because you never know where those connections. I mean, again, you and I are sitting here doing a podcast, and we've only ever met on social media and on the phone and talked and synced and did everything that we need to. But we've never met face to face in person. You know, you've you've got to be able to to read the individual um, and know them well enough when you do bring things forward of how to understand whether it's body language, whether it's how they're you know pausing or saying things, their, their personality and such, so that you don't overstep your bounds um, and, and you know kind of where you're, you know where things are headed because uh, the last thing that you want to do. Um, not every social setting is going to serve around your needs. Um, you may get into a situation where the conversation just doesn't lend itself in a way that would be to your best interest at that point um, to move forward with what you would hope to bring. Um, you need to be able to back up punt and realize that um, it's just not the right time, that there's a time and a place for everything. So I had a choice, right? And all those thousands of coffee meetings and probably tens of thousands of dollars wasted in Sydney on coffees. Um, I, I could have said, oh, my God, you're an absolute waste of my time. I didn't bring you here to tell you war stories or tell you cool guy things or whatever, right? Or I could sit there and humor them and just make that mental note in my head. Talking to this guy or this person right now is not doing me any, any greatness. However, I never know what, you know we could walk into in the future together so be polite be professional leave it on a good note but again it's expectation management on your part and if you're in those situations like i was it was because i was doing something negative you know incorrectly to get myself there and so you either adjust course and steer yourself right or you don't learn a lesson you continuously waste time and energy so let me show you give you an example too of how networking may come into play that you don't even realize it you may be at a dinner engagement you may be sitting around at a uh, family um, get together or luncheon or you know dinner or type of thing. You may be in all kinds of different setting, and and in some cases the conversation of what you do, um, you know where do you work, uh, those types of things are likely to come about. It, it just people end up talking about usually things that they feel comfortable with, and that's you know work, family, you know those types of things. 
you've got to be able to sell your personal brand at that moment because you don't know who it is that you're um, going to be talking to um, while that conversation is going on. But you got to realize, too, you don't want to be too on. And again, you've got to be able to read the situation and know how to address it in the proper way. But through that conversation, you may not even realize you just established another network. Well, you nailed it, right? Because you were talking earlier about extroverts and introverts. And and sometimes when you're extroverted, you're wanting to carry on the conversation and and they're taking their slow, deliberate time and informing that answer and it's driving you crazy. That's often how things go, right? The number one thing that people want to talk about is themselves. And that's a very true statement all the time, especially in social environments, especially when anxiety is up and that's what people are comfortable going to and talking about. So if we know that and we all shake our heads and say the number one thing that everyone wants to talk about themselves and yet I want to talk over that person about me to them, why? Let them talk about themselves and instead of identifying your objective to get as much information as you can about you out of your lips, Open up your ears, do the active listening that Rudy talks about all the time and everything else, and listen for potential opportunities within the story that they're telling you and receive that information, get their business contact information, and then follow up with them outside of the nerve-wracking networking event. But what happens is we go in there and it's like, bam, we want to start talking and fighting each other because it's, I want to talk about me, you want to talk about you, and never the tween shall meet. Adjust your paradigm, go in there, listen to them, soak in all that information, take copious notes mentally or physically, whatever you can for every conversation, and then follow up appropriately. You may find out that that individual just talked and talked and talked, and you thought, oh my gosh, I did not make an impression. I didn't get a chance to make an impression. Instead, they just absolutely loved you because they, you allowed them to talk, and the two words that you did say we're, we're in such a way of, gosh, I just really like Scott. I think he's a super guy. And somehow they build some kind of inference about who, who you are, what you do, and the whole bit just because you didn't say anything. Some I people like everyone, that. It's a, it's a penguins of Madagascar, man, except <laughs> instead of smile and wave, it's smile and nod. If you nod north-south when somebody's talking to you and just affirm that message non-verbally that they're giving you, it's amazing the impact that you will have on them and how great they feel. And you're right. They'll walk away from that engagement and go, I really enjoyed talking to Scott. I may have only said, oh, wow, mm, cool, mm-hmm, yeah, interesting, the whole time for a 20-minute conversation, but they loved it, and that was their first person they met. I might not have said two words, but... Hey, that was my objective. I wanted to find out. And you know what? By finding out what I found out about them, I can then further triage that environment and know, most importantly, who to follow up with and who not to follow up with. Well, and not only that. Dissecting the room key. And you'll be able to then, um, you're going to get a second shot, obviously, because you didn't ruin the first shot. So that means you're going to get a second opportunity. When that second opportunity comes, um, they're probably going to pay a little bit more attention because now they like you. You've already come into their circle. They've allowed you to enter into their space, and maybe they still won't give you an opportunity to talk too much, but you're probably going to get your point across and say just enough, and the fact that they already are warmed up to you that they're probably going to go, you know what, I I, I know somebody, or you know, you're hitting right on something that I'm very familiar with. Let me help you out. Um, so, you know, it's really important that when you – you start building this network and if you have one of these sessions and you have one of these meetings that you reach back out to the individual that you know you met with and make sure that you follow up. And in the kind of setting that you were talking about where you may have just been what my former boss used to call the dunking bird, those things that sit in the back of a car, 
you know, they it's important that you um, follow back up even still and say, I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, I look forward for the next opportunity. Um, if it was, you know, somebody who was a mutual friend that put you in contact with, then make sure you reach out to that individual as well. And, and let them know how much they appreciated the fact that you introduced that individual, made that work. Now you're sealing both those networks and making sure that they understand that you understand. No, exactly. Um, putting yourself in the right environment to actually convey your message is key. And if you know by default, because everybody in the world complains about networking events, that that's not the environment that you're going to be able to actively communicate your objectives out there, skew your paradigm, listen to people, follow up with them appropriately. And when you have that follow-up meeting and it is one-to-one, now is your time to ensure that you arrive prepared, that you're you know intelligently, intelligently non-verbally communicating, right? You're you're dressed for the part. You're 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 your PowerPoint supports what you're trying to sell or do or accomplish. That everything about you is prepared and ready. That you're not showing up. You know, it's 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 the guys in, in, in the Q course in Ranger School and Buds that show up to brief a mission without a map, right? Like when you're unprepared, it's just obvious to everybody. So just make sure you have all the tools at your disposal and sh- nail that next meeting because that's where the money's made, not in the networking environment, not at the business breakfast. Don't show up too hungry either. So you don't want to come into the situation where you're actually looking um, that you want to get some. You may that may be your objective is that you're hoping to get something out of it, whether it's a contact, you know, uh, or something of that nature. But you don't want to go into that conversation as if, all right, like you had said, I have an objective that I want to say these ten things, you know, in bulletized format, and you know, I want to make sure I get that out there because if I don't, I won't have the full story and I won't be able to convey my message. Um, you got to know that you may not be able to do that. So if you come in there trying to do that, you're going to come across too hungry. Negative. Total negative that you're going to turn the other person on. No, exactly. Desperation shows, right? Um, so when you be realistic in what you're expecting out of that new relationship. And what I mean by that is far too often somebody thinks like, hey, I got a follow-up email, so they're going to hire me. They love me. They're going to hire me. I'm going to make $100,000 a year, and I'm going to be the VP of operations, and I'm going to buy a new house and car, then the kids are going to go to Harvard and Yale, and life is going to be hunky-dory from this point on. No, it was a follow-up email. That's all. You know, like tone down your expectations and put the requisite amount of work into it so that you can identify the right roadmap ahead, right? I mean, you know, don't go to the next meeting and say, hey, what's my salary going to be? That's wrong. We all know that's wrong, but that's what people do, right? Or we show up to that meeting in a pair of board shorts and, you know, we want to drink a Corona and hang out and tell war stories. You're not at that point in the relationship yet. And if you are, that's not a professional relationship, most likely. That's a personal relationship that isn't going to get you hired. So just understand your operational environment. So we talked about how it is that you create a network. You go out there and start with just thinking about, take a piece of paper, write down all of the different things that you're already associated with, maybe your family members or children associated with, uh, whether it's uh, different organizations that, you know, alumni association, religious organizations, clubs, you know, the fact that you're, uh, you meet your former military, uh, there may be organizations nearby that support them. Um, you want to join every and participate and think about every aspect that you can create that network. 
Once you do that, then you go out and start trying to build it. After you build your personal brand and make sure that you've got that nailed down within LinkedIn and it's ready and prepared for you to go out and start presenting yourself with the proper keywords and everything else that may come back at you as well. But you got to make sure that that's presented and ready. And by, by the way, while you're building your LinkedIn um, profile, there's a little you know thing that's over there on the right-hand side that says, um, let my you know feed know about it or all my contacts know that I made this change or something. Turn that thing off. It may still end up bringing it up, but you're probably going to want to create this thing over a number of days and you're going to you know step away from it, come back to it, step away, come back to it to get it right where you want it, then turn that thing on uh, so that you can go ahead and um, you know start your, your networking aspect of it. Once you do that, get out and start networking. Get out and start talking to folks about what it is that your objective or, you know, what you're trying to do. Even if it's family members, try to play on that communication aspect of it so that you can get beyond your communication barriers, get out of your comfort zone, and make sure that you're presenting your brand the way you'd want to do it. Then try to establish what it is that you're wanting to do, where it is that you're wanting to work, Utilize the tools that are available to you, such as LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, those types of things, Instagram, whatever is available to you, whether it's chat rooms or this, that, and the other, to start conveying your message and getting the word out to the network of what it is that you're trying to do so that they can then come and help you. If meetings are established, come there prepared. Make sure you know what it is that you want to talk about, what it is you want to ask the other individual. If things don't go your way and the meeting ends up going shorter than what you expected, um, they get interrupted by phone calls, uh, they end up talking over you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's life. It happens. So reestablish a meeting. Yeah, yeah reestablish <laughs> another meeting, get together, try to do it again later on. Um, you know, and, and I think um, if you do meet with the individuals, make sure that you follow back up with them. The people who perhaps maybe referred you, uh, don't wait too long on that. Try to do that within 24 to 36 hours at most, and I would say even less than that if you have the opportunity. Make sure you do the follow-up. Make sure you reach out to them and thank them for their time because it is important to your point. You may be running your own company, and every hour that you spend away is away on t money that could be well spent within your own organization. Um What's some other things? Well, I, I, I'm trying to think of the idea of wrapping every aspect into it and understanding, you know, A to Z, how to get it done. Um, don't ask for anything when you're in these meetings necessarily. Uh, just present, you know, yourself, your brand, what it is that you're kind of seeking out there uh, and let them kind of move that forward. Um, and I think that's about it. I mean, really networking shouldn't be anything other than just establishing your friendships that you typically do on a daily basis. Most of us try to connect with people, create friends. It's networking. I agree. I mean, I think that just knowing yourself and, and knowing what you're looking for and staying true to the singing a true north and, and having faith that, that it'll it'll all work out if you put the requisite amount of work in there. Those are all important because, you know, showing up right and doing the right thing and you're gonna have frustrations, you're gonna have failures, you're gonna have the interruptions in the meetings and the follow ups and the delays and the cancellations and everything else is gonna be thrown your way. Just have realistic expectations and be proactive on it, you know. Get the haircut priority and I'm not a, a senior NCO Nazi on haircuts or anything, but get the haircut prior to the meeting, you know, portray the right persona that that job is looking for. 
be the person to solve the problems that they have and just own it and try and be there and try and be as absolutely expectant as you can whilst being patient and tactically patient as well. And you're going to have to be an active listener through the conversation. So it's not going to be all just about you. But again, it is not all about you. Exactly. Yeah. So um, any rate, I think that kind of uh, wraps up what it is that we wanted to share with you in terms of networking. Obviously, a lot of the networking techniques and the things that we talked about go into interview processes, how to handle yourself, how to present your brand, how to present um, how you're going to add value to organizations, all of those types of things. So more than likely, as we begin talking about um, the next step and things that you can do, they're all kind of, as you hopefully see, starting to play off of one another. You know, developing my passion, what it is that's going to get me excited and applying that either to a hobby or to my work. And uh, if I'm able to apply it to my work or create work out of it, that's great. Um, creating the personal brain, knowing how to communicate, going out there and doing so and de- developing the network. I can tell you next week, one of the things we're going to do in the strategy room, at least, is we're going to be talking uh, about um, the types of programs and systems that are available out there. And although they may be there to assist you, you have to realize that it's still all about you and you have to take care of yourself and nobody else can because uh, you know yourself uh, better than anybody else. And, and don't be looking for that kind of um, necessarily handout and everything. You may get trained Uh, You may get coached and everything else, but you've got to take the next step and execute on it. So we're going to hit that the next segment um, next week uh, and uh, have a special guest that we're going to be bringing in uh, that uh, had a a recent article that was written about that subject. Uh, So we're going to wrap ourselves around that more this weekend um, on Monday due to the Super Bowl. uh, We're going to be meeting with uh, uh, two guys that actually uh, became entrepreneurs uh, one of them was in special forces. The other one was in uh, infantrymen, and uh, they spent many uh, hours uh, drinking coffee, some good, some bad, and they decided to make it their living and created a, a great um, a company. Uh, we're going to have those guys on, Alex Amando. Uh, really excited about meeting those guys. So they'll be on Monday night instead of Sunday night at 9 o'clock, our typical time. Uh, until then, Scott, thank you so much for joining us Uh uh, Rudy, sorry you weren't able to uh, to tune in and uh, join in with us. I know you came in late, and uh, but I appreciate it. So, uh, again, thanks so much to all of you guys that come into the chat room, make this thing uh, so great, and listen to it afterwards. Uh, we'll see you guys here in the near future.